Okay, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Clark and Miller English Podcast. And if this is your first time here, then welcome, 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 welcome. It's good to have you here, uh, whether you're returning or not. Okay, um, let's just, yeah, let's just get going, right? Let's get starting. So what's happening today? Well, today you may have noticed is a red episode. So normally the Clark and Miller English podcast episodes are blue. We have like a blue cover, um, but sometimes we do a red one. And uh, this is a red one. And what does that mean? What, what, what is a red podcast episode? Well, we do red episodes mostly for English teachers, not English learners. Although if you're interested in teaching uh, and you're an English learner, then it's also good for you too. Uh, so yeah, the red one's usually a bit sort of more philosophical. We talk about language more abstractly, you know, linguistics, or we talk about teaching and ESL stuff and TEFL and, you know, things that are interesting for teachers, uh, English teachers and language teachers. And this is one of those episodes because today I have a really cool chat with Zdenek from Zdenek's English Podcast, another English podcaster. And he's got a YouTube channel and an Instagram and, you know, all these social media things. Uh, so yeah, we have a really cool chat. We talk about lots of cool things. We talk about uh, freelancing, how he got into like teaching as a freelancer. We talk about um, working offline versus working online versus working with groups uh, of students or work or having one-to-one -one lessons and you know every combination of these things. Uh, Zdenek is also doing the Delta, the Cambridge Delta. So uh, we talked a bit about that. He has some good tips for any teachers who are thinking about doing the Delta. Uh, so if you're thinking about doing the Delta, uh, keep listening because Danek's got some cool advice uh, in this episode. Uh, we also talk about the problem with Zdenek's neighbor's cat. Um, we talk about discrimination against non-native English teachers or uh, native speakerism as it's sometimes called. We talk about communicative language teaching. We talk about Krashen's uh, theories of language learning. We talk about translanguaging, dogme and lexical learning. Lots of methodology stuff uh, today. So if you're into methodology, English teaching methodology, this is also a good episode for you. We talk about using L1 in the classroom. Should we have L1 in the classroom? It's a bit of a hot topic. Still, still a hot topic, that one. Uh, we ask the question, is your course book a straitjacket or a life belt? Hmm. Um, we also ask the question, should anyone really be teaching a language if they haven't learned a second language themselves. So should all language teachers have already learned another language? Uh, that's the sort of question that can get a few people sort of hot under the collar. So we talk about that. Um, and finally, we also talk about other English podcasts that are a great place to pick up uh, like language teaching tips and ideas and so on, you know, other good TEFL podcasts. So yeah, that's basically it. So um, yeah, this is also available on the YouTube channel. So, um, you know, I filmed this, so it's a Zoom film, a Zoom recording. Um, yeah, so if you want to see us as well as hear us, then um, head over to the Clark and Miller um, 
YouTube channel. What's it, what's it called? Let's have a look. What is it? I still don't know. Bloody hell. Clark in English, I think. Let's have a look. Yeah, okay, so head over to the head over to the Clark and Miller Online English YouTube channel. Clark and Miller Online English. And yeah, you, it's already up. Uh, you can watch us talk about these things. But whether you decide to listen or whether you decide to watch, let's just go ahead. Here we go. Here's me, Ernst Stenick. Uh, meanwhile, have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great month. And yeah, I'll talk at you next time. All right, ciao for now. Cool. Okay, good. All right. Hi, Zdenek. How are you? Hi, Gabriel. I'm fine. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Good to have you here. Um, so, Zdenek, uh, you're, you are Zdenek, right? Yep. And uh, you have... Uh, uh, you're well. You're an English teacher first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We are um, fellow English teachers. We are colleagues. Fellow That's right. English yep. teachers. Yeah, we are colleagues. And uh, but you also have loads of other stuff going on, right? You've got a podcast. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Um, Zdenex English podcast. That's where you can check out. Tell us about your podcast. What do you What do you What do you do on your podcast? Um, yeah, it's like a kind of a mixed bag, really. It's um, a hodgepodge. <laughs> it's everything. Yep. Uh, I started it back in 2013. I suppose the idea was to work on my own English. You know, I I was an English teacher, an a novice English teacher, freshly cool. freshly ah. gra- freshly graduated from a university. So I thought I might as well work on my own English. And uh, that's a great I, I, idea. So yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but so you, you, you kind of, the podcast was partly for your own English learning uh, improvement as well as yeah. helping other people out. I think, I think that's, that's fair, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. That's really cool. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, so I, um, you know, I had always wanted to do something creative anyway. So I was also so, sort of um, satiating some kind of inner need of doing something creative and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose it's it's always nice to have an audience. So uh, you know, it, it was it it was a natural thing for me to do, and I have to mention here Luke from Luke's English Podcast because he was the one that inspired me to start my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, Luke's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's gra- been going for going on forever as well. That guy. He's <laughs> yeah, twenty thirteen or something. I think he started. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know. I think it's longer than that, actually. Mm-hmm. 2008 or something. 2009. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. 100. Uh, percent Since, since when? Podcasts. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. So go on. So Luke inspired you to start a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you you do a lot of football stuff, right? You're really now, into football. Now I do. Yeah. I I think um, that that was sort of. Um, idea that I got because of the whole COVID situation. Yeah. So I'd always mm-hmm. worked for a school uh, for about 10 years. And then um, in 2019, I went to London. I worked there for a language school. And then because of COVID, I decided to go back mm-hmm. uh, because I knew the schools were about to get closed anyway. So yeah. it would be quite yeah. tough for me to just, I could work a little bit like from home. But it wasn't really my home because I, I had to share share a house with a lot of people. So the idea of and spending the whole day 
in in one house with with a lot of people didn't exactly appeal to me so i decided to go back to my country and uh ever since then i um you know uh, realized that i had to go solo as a teacher yeah. and uh and also I, living in london is so expensive so yeah yeah Yes, it's crazy. Cool. So um, I wanted to ask you about your teaching. Con- oh, hang on. We should talk about very quickly that your podcast is findable uh, as <laughs> Zdenek's English podcast. Right? Yeah, Zdenek's English yeah. podcast, Z-D-E-N-E-K, somewhat, mm-hmm. for people who don't know how to spell my name yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's everywhere where you find podcasts, right? Yeah. It's the podcast it's the podcast world. Uh, you're also on Instagram and YouTube where you put up your podcast episodes, right? Yeah. The, um, yeah. So, I don't always put up my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel, but uh, sometimes I do. The one we yeah. recorded with you, for example, is definitely yeah. going to be there. Yeah. 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 I saw that. That was that was fun to watch. Relive the memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on YouTube and on Instagram, you're Teachers Denek, right? That's correct. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I recommend anyone just go out and check out uh, Zdenek's English podcast or Teacher Zdenek on YouTube or Instagram. (laughs) There we go. Good plugging. That was good plugging. Quality plugging. Thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love a good plug. It's fun. It's good fun. And it's good. We're sharing the love. There's so much great stuff out there. And this is this is some of it. So that's good. It's good to let people know about that. Um, I wanted to ask you because you were you were going in that direction. So this is good. This is actually relating to my first question. Like, what what's your teaching context now? Like, yeah. what what who do you teach? Are you teaching online? Are you teaching in real in the real world? Are you teaching face to face, one to ones, business, kids? What what who do you teach? What do you do? Yeah. So as I said, uh, after coming back here to the Czech Republic, I you know I started thinking of going solo of um, going independent and mm-hmm. um well if you had never done if you have never done it it's it's not as easy as it looks this you're this, talking like freelancing right yeah freelancing because yeah. it's a completely oh God, different yeah. different world so it doesn't really matter how many qualifications you have or how much experience is how much experience you have teaching or how many students you have taught or in uh, in mm. how many countries you have taught because this is a completely different different world and different rules apply yeah so mm-hmm. um what i uh discovered is that you you kind of need to have a niche yeah something some some sort of unique uh, spe- speci- specialization and at first i thought i would do board games english through board games so you can see behind me yeah a lot of games that, and I, I, that's I, a nice idea it's a nice idea but <laughs> Uh, that, that's that, that's where it kind of that's where it kind of ends. Yeah, um, I've, I've always used board games in my classes. Yeah, in my group classes, um, right. in face-to-face um, classes. But it doesn't mm. really work that well online, because because you know once you once you go independent, you have to start small, and you first have to teach one-to-ones. And okay. even though I have created a course, I have created a unique course. Uh, it's difficult to find enough students uh, of uh, similar level that would mm. uh, that would enroll and take the course because, mm. um, as I said, you have to start small. You know, you have got one-to-one students. So at the moment, uh, that's most of my students. Yeah. Um, 
I do have a course. I do have another course called English through role plays, which is oh, cool. which is less niche. Yeah? So it's kind of for anyone who is at B two and C one level. Mm. And uh, and then, as you mentioned, I also started dabbling into uh, teaching English through football. So I've bought yeah. I've bought this interesting book, for instance. Yeah, so I'm football so, so, English. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that looks fun. Yeah. I probably need that too because I don't know anything about football. When people start talking about football, I'm I'm just out. I I can't join the conversation at all. So that might be useful for me. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, again, it's it's a it's a bit tough because I I do have uh, two let's say two to three students with whom I only talk about football during our lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's again for me, it's some sort of a transition that I would like to make in the future. But right now it's it's a bit unrealistic. So I, I do work with a lot of general English students, mostly high level students, advanced students. Mm -hmm. I do have one student uh, who want, who decided to choose me to prepare her for the CPE exam. Uh, Ooh, which, which is, okay. which is always uh, yeah, it's tough. It's always mm -hmm. a great, great challenge. But I've, yeah. do, I've done yeah. it before, so I, I know I can do it. And uh, yeah, occasionally I prepare someone for the IELTS exam too. And yeah, but most of my students is general English, yeah. different needs. You know, you know, you know mm -hmm. yourself how it is. I've got a student, yeah. student who has fantastic English, but uh, her pronunciation, um, yeah, you know, needs to be a little, oh, yeah, little, yeah. Bit, also... little bit improved. And that's what we are working yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every student has different needs. Exactly. More or less. Um, so your teaching is the same as me, I think. Just like face, like one-to-one, -one, yeah. online. Like is this. Is it 100%? <laughs> yeah, like this. 100% um, online, right? 95% online. There's wow, what, there's, that's I'm not sure. so traditional. You yeah. have a real-world <laughs> student. That's, that's so 20th century. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, cool. Okay, so you do you travel to their office or something to to teach them? Or no, no. There's just one. Ninety five percent of time I teach online. If I didn't yes. make myself clear, and then there's one student. Uh, she's a doctor. And she she. Uh, it's basically my village is on her way uh, from work. So um, okay. she, she just stops by, and we have an English lesson. So she's the only one. She's the only one. On a physical one. table. Yeah, and, and it, it's table. really weird, Gabriel. I can't tell you how much I miss <laughs> actually teaching people face-to-face. -face. Yeah, yeah and, so do yeah. you prefer it? Do you prefer... Because I, I can't remember what it was like. I've been teaching online since like 2015 or something. Do I you prefer it? I don't know, because now that I'm teaching online, I can also see the benefits of doing that. Mm. But I mm. have to say, I do miss it. I do miss that feeling of being able to walk through the desks and uh, interacting with the students face to face oh, like you're, you're, and managing you the like class a, yeah, yeah managing yeah. using my body language to you know classroom with students plural yeah <sighs> i do miss it yeah i do it's just i kind of miss that too. It's, it's different it's different than this it's uh, yeah i miss those moments you know when you could just say okay now you guys talk to each other and you just don't have to do much. You just go around monitoring the students and just watching everyone. And exactly. they're all just, you're in a room full of people who are just chatting away. Yeah. And it feels good. It's a, it's a nice vibe when you've just got yeah. these little groups of people and they're all talking because of you. <laughs> and uh, it feels good. 
exactly. Good. I, I, I do miss that. I think mm -hmm. like I'm able to give the students more autonomy when I do that. Uh, mm -hmm. While with yeah. the one-to-ones, inevitably there's going to be a lot of teacher talking time. Yes. No matter what I do, like I try, of course, I try to get my mm -hmm. students involved as much as I can. Uh, mm -hmm. Try to elicit the answers. Everything I should do as an English teacher, but it's just yes. It's just different, yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe I don't have so much experience with it. I don't know, but I think that you raised a really important point, which I haven't actually properly thought about before. That yeah, group classes tend to promote autonomy more than one to one, which is, yeah, you get the sort of de slightly dependent relationship with on yep. the teacher, um, which is weird because you you might think it's the other way around if you think about it without thinking about it too much. Because, you know, people who take one-to-one -one lessons, one-to-one, one, right? Autonomous. Yep. But yeah, no, because they're not, they're not out on their own in, in the classroom, like in, with their, in small groups with other students or anything like that, that they may be quite dependent on the teacher. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there, mm. there are a lot of ways to do this. There are even books mm -hmm. you, can, you can study. To, oh, yeah. Probably yeah. studies done about yeah. this as well. Yeah. There's so much to learn and <laughs> so little time to learn. Absolutely. I, I do have yeah. experience with teaching groups as well, teaching groups online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is. Oh, little, online. Which is okay, little groups little, online. Yeah. Because, like I said, I have got this course called English Through Role Plays. Yeah. Yes. I don't always run it, but at the moment, uh, there's one course happening. And that's. That's a little bit better because I use. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Discord. Um, of course, yeah, it's a sort of um, yeah. like a forum chat sort of platform, right? Well, it's it's a, it's a cool platform because it's it's kind of like um, breakout rooms in Zoom, mm -hmm. but it's also, as you said, it gives you the idea of some sort of enclosed group, like um, yeah, group that no one can join only if you are invited. So it's like a unique place mm -hmm. where students can improve improve their English and feel good about it and not feel threatened, you know, so, yeah. And, and, and I have the possibility to divide as a teacher, to divide students into pairs and groups uh, as you would do here on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. so is it, is it, is it um, more challenging working in groups online than anything else? Because I'm imagining out of like one-to-one -one versus groups versus online versus offline, that particular combination is probably the most challenging like groups online do you know what it's, it's, it's funny it's funny you should ask because i'm actually doing my module three delta on online teaching i, want, on, I <laughs> wanted to talk about that in a minute but okay go ahead on <laughs> online teaching and in part one of this of this paper you are asked to sort of uh, address uh, some common issues um, in online teaching and and one of the things you should you should do is to compare yeah so mm -hmm. uh, from my research I uh, found out that uh, for example when it comes to monitoring when it comes to monitoring the students it's um, on on the one hand it's it's easier to monitor uh, pairs because yeah. there's no one there's no background noise yeah you just focusing on mm -hmm. that pair uh, mm -hmm. that's easier online but on the other hand, when it comes to overseeing the class, yeah, the, the entire class, it's actually harder because mm. you can't see what's happening everywhere else. You can't mm. hear you can't so, hear what's happening. So you have to sort of 
Ah, so do you mean like, because, um, you know, in the real world, yep. you're like watching, you're maybe hovering next to a group of, exactly. one group of three, maybe three students yep. talking, but you're still keeping an ear open for stuff peripherally yep. just to see if you could pick up anything going on with the other students. Yep. You can't do that online. Mm. Maybe you can, is but I, right? haven't, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. But this is, yeah, most platforms, the, the default is that you're in the breakout room or you're yeah. not in the breakout room, right? So you yeah. can't have the volume low on peripheral settings, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. I can imagine that's, yeah, that must be quite tough. That must be quite tough. Um, I guess this does raise the question. I don't know if, if you know, if you, you know, because I don't really have an answer for this, but do you think, you know, as COVID winds down, yep. as the whole COVID pandemic stuff is winding down, do you think we will get back to like lots of uh, like in-person teaching? Or do you think like this switch to online is going to be more permanent that's and very, pervasive? Yeah, that's a very good question. I, I think um, mm. I think a lot of people, have, people who have been sort of uh, unsure about this have now changed their mind. I'm pretty sure they have realized that it, can be quite convenient to take the lesson from the comfort of your own home mm. uh, without mm. having to care about what you wear. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. You might be eating on the side, drinking, you know, it's so easy. Mm. Eh? There's no commuting. It might be cheaper for some people as well. You can, you can bring your cat. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've done it and it's not even my cat. It's my, I've, I was just, I just air my room, yeah, and, 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 and my neighbor's cat jumps in and, and then, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's often something I talk, talk about uh, with my student. You know, That's so. good. It comes up naturally in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why is your neighbor's cat here? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, th <laughs> they think it's my cat, of course, and I have to. And then, of course, yeah. There's a whole story of me having to explain why my neighbor's cat uh, sort of, uh, cheats on my neighbor yeah <laughs> so. yeah maybe you got better food that might be it i don't i don't think that's it i think i'm just okay. i'm just available you know <laughs> you're just there yeah, yeah cats are pretty uh yeah yeah they know what they want all the time exactly. um okay exactly. cool so i wanted to ask you about the delta because um this was actually my next question. So you're, as you said, doing module three of the Delta. So you survived module two, which yeah. is the one where everyone goes crazy. So well done. Um, like, how is the Delta going? Like, I haven't done a Delta. I did the mm -hmm. TESOL Masters, but I didn't do the Delta. Um, one of the reasons I didn't take the Delta was because it just looks like a nightmare. It looks so difficult. Um, uh, how, how, how's your experience been with just, it? Just, just, to, just to explain the context a little bit. So uh, mm -hmm. when I started my Delta, I had already, I had already had a master's degree. Yeah? So I had already oh, been brilliant. Mm -hmm. well qualified to teach. But uh, as a non-native English teacher, it's it actually... Uh, you need it. You need Celta. You need a Celta. You need a Delta to stand mm. any chance on the market as a teacher. Because I, I like mm. to teach international students, you see. Yeah. It's just much more interesting for me than teaching my, let's say, countrymen. I hope they are not listening yeah. listening now because I do have some students. That, yeah, but I mean, I guess what yeah, you're getting that, at that, is that, the, the that diversity are, is, that is are what Czech, makes but it interesting. Absolutely, yeah. And I like yeah, I like to yeah. help my students make friends as well. That's that's where the Discord group comes in. 
so mm, cool. um, so international community stuff i i i loved it yeah, yeah. so 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 this is I, an interesting point yeah. sorry go ahead sorry sorry, no. sorry. yeah no, go on no no i'm sure you're about to make the same point i was about to make i don't think better. so I, I was go about ahead. to speak about the delta <laughs> the i was about to address the original question you asked me yeah yeah okay yeah i was gonna say like it was quite interesting i wanted to talk about um native speakerism today and we will um, okay. But you, you, one of the reasons you took the Delta, despite not necessarily having to take the Delta, yeah. is basically because of discrimination against uh, so-called non-native English-speaking uh, teachers. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's interesting. So this was, was this your, your main motivation for taking um, the Delta, was to get past do, that hurdle or at least do you, do you know what some of it at the time i didn't actually feel the discrimination that much i didn't actually realize mm. it mm. uh but it's uh it's stronger now that i am um, i i didn't even feel it when i was in the uk to be honest with you i was treated fairly i think the uk is actually yeah. quite good at this sort of thing i loved um, it i loved it there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They, I, they they're yeah. quite aware of the problems yeah and, and i was given the chance and i i think i managed to prove myself and uh, there were no problems with me whatsoever no one ever fired me no one ever complained about me students didn't ask for a native english teacher uh, mm -hmm. to, to replace mm -hmm. me or anything like that but when i came back home and uh, uh, became a freelancer that's when I started realizing that there is a real problem there because okay. um, you have to basically start with all the marketing and uh, you have to start attracting the students and doing things online. And I noticed that it's, it's, it seems to be a bit harder for someone like me to do this. It's not impossible. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes I use it as an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, sure. As well. But it's but definitely an issue, right? It is it's, an issue. Yeah. Because, something that's there. Yeah. Because of the stereotype, so, basically, that. Uh, so it's there is. A how did you? How? Yeah. How sorry. do you notice? Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's the stereotype? Uh, well, students they just think that native teachers are better. In general, they just mm -hmm. feel like they're better. They have, they can teach them better. They can help them with the, because mm -hmm. because of the way they speak, because of the accent. You know, that's the common idea that because my accent is not a native speaker accent, let's say, mm -hmm. and yeah, as a result of that, uh, the student will for some reason suffer and will not um, pick up the accent of the native of the of you know, of that. Yeah, they um, won't have a native accent. Yeah, which, but which the thing is, I mean, already I'm I'm getting triggered <laughs> because, like, if a native, so I, yeah, I'm not big on these terms, native, non-native. Uh, let's say if a first language English speaker taught a class of people from, let's say, Prague, um, they they won't get an English accent either. No. <laughs> it's, it's it's not something that really is is taught and it's not something that really matters like who who cares what yeah. accents you have seriously is that really a priority like are you you going to be a spy like <laughs> why do you need why do you need an english accent but even spies these days they don't even bother with the accent stuff they're just online all the time like you don't <laughs> like you can't put a spy in the 1950s it doesn't make any sense I think Sorry, a lot yeah, of research, a lot of research has been done into this, and honestly, you would have to mm. like spend almost like 
every single day with that student. Like maybe if you li- if you have a girlfriend, let's say a native speaker, mm. English girlfriend, that might that might really help you a lot. Also, it depends yes. on your age, right? There's this um, critical hypothesis. A what's it called? The, uh, the critical period hypothesis. Yeah, yeah something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's very young. That's childhood. Uh, well, so yeah, I mean, below. Yeah, most people that I teach are adults. Yeah, so yeah, you know, uh, they're beyond that period. Exactly, and there's mm-hmm. no shame yeah. in having a foreign accent, as we know. So that's uh, another thing, and this seems to be the most. This seems to be the the crux of the matter. It's it's like an element of like shame or prestige or like yeah. these sorts of things. But then if we start really exploring that avenue, it gets very suspicious, doesn't it? Because why is being sounding like you're from Britain better than sounding like you're from the Czech Republic? This is very strange. It's a strange thing to think. Besides, I would like to think that my accent is uh, British anyway, right? It's just, it's just there might be some features of my native accent, but more or less, uh, hmm. the way I pronounce the words, yeah... I don't say mm-hmm. words. I, it's not American, right? American. Well, yes. You, yes. you know what I mean. But so. I mean yes. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I personally, I really like your accent because it's a kind of interesting hodgepodge, uh, to use an <laughs> awesome phrase that you used earlier. It's like kind of a hodgepodge of, of your background and your experience, you know, where you're from, but also your experience working and living in England because there are elements of sort of British, like London English in there. Um, and I like it because it... it it's kind of you it's yours um and and yes and i don't i uh, yes and i think that's great and i think people anyone who's learning english should not strive necessarily to sound british but to sound like who they are yeah i know this sounds very obvious the problem gabriel is that that's not so easy to sell to people you see so when i do my marketing Mm. or something like that i can't say uh, speak English like a uh, non-native speaker or speak uh, or let's learn l- English as a lingua franca. Or like yeah. uh, perfect, perfect Czech English. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, how do you how do you how do you spin it? Because, I mean, you uh, know, we, we, we know from the research, we know from the studies that like non non-native English teachers are just as competent as native teachers and maybe even better in many ways we'll yeah. talk about the advantages and disadvantages in a minute so how do you how do you convey this information to well to, 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 to be honest uh, i have to explain to to my followers that this is not something that matters that much sometimes mm. i avoid it as well but i also you know just showing that i'm a confident english speaker myself and by mm. recording my videos and uh, my podcasts mm. I just uh, want to give the impression that um, I'm not ashamed of my accent. And, you know, I'm, what matters really is that I can help my students take their English to another mm. level. Yeah, that's what it should mm. come down to ultimately. Right? Yeah. Yes. And that so I can, I can have to just... all the needs and all that. So, yeah. So you have to keep kind of just re- restating this whenever you're... Yeah. sort of publicly uh, like publishing something I see it must be yeah it's it's a pain isn't it like having this extra thing to have to deal with it's also that, a trap you know, I don't Gabriel. I don't have to deal with it's also ah, it's, it's also a trap because if you do it too much you I again I'm gonna use your word you might okay. get triggered triggered yourself or maybe that's not <laughs> the right word you might you might get 
um, you, you will be focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I want to focus on helping my students and not on uh, my own imposter syndrome issues or whatever we might call it. That's very you know, cool. You yeah. know what you know what I mean. Like the the yes. The more I bring attention to it, it, it the more it might start doing me disservice. So. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I guess that's a good point because it's distracting people yeah. from your real, your, you know, your, the things you have to offer. And it's distracting that, me as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, in the spirit of that notion, let's uh, go back to the Delta. I was going to ask yeah. you, um, you're taking the Delta. You're on module th unit three. Is it unit or module? Module, module. Yeah. Module three. Sorry. So you're almost done. And uh, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I when did I do module? I started with module two, which is yeah. ar arguably the toughest part or the, 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 yes. the part that requires My, the most every work. Every time I... I have a friend who's doing module two. They, for a period of time, are no longer my friend because yeah. they become horrible people while they're doing <laughs> module two. <laughs> they yeah. become super unpleasant and it's just no one wants to be friends with them until they finish that bloody module. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can confirm yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So, so you survived. You survived I, yeah, I passed two. it. Um, no problems there, even though there were cool. people who failed there. So it was like, it was tough. And um, after that, I did the so module two is the teaching, yeah, the practical yeah. element of the of the um, of the um, course of or the certificate. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. after that, I took the exam, which is more theoretical. That was easy for me, I would say. So I got a merit in that as well. And and then I put Delta on hold. <laughs> mm -hmm. I took a break because I, to be honest, I. I'm not really into writing much. So writing a long assignment, which is module three. Um, yeah. I, I, it's the wrong word to say it scared me because I, I, I have already done the master's thesis, but maybe because of having that experience, I mm. kept putting it off. Yeah. So, so I now, think, now yeah, I finally yeah. got, got round to doing module three but uh, who knows what's going to happen with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you still got to finish it yeah of course yeah 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 well i mean that's great and um i can't remember what i was going to say but um one thing i was going to say was uh so great you've almost got through the whole delta and um what advice i wanted to ask what advice do you have for people who are starting or thinking of doing the delta is there anything that you wish you had known when you started the Delta? Um, yeah, for anyone out there who wants to take a Delta or is thinking of, you know, Im improving their, like going up in their careers as English teachers and, and getting this uh, certificate, what advice would you have for them? Um, I'm just trying to think like how, how it's different from doing a university degree. I suppose mm -hmm. it's, it's very intense and you have to be ready to just... Uh, especially when talking about module two, you have to be ready to mm -hmm. um, focus only on that, like to have no com no other commitments. It really depends how you do it because there is also, I think, okay. dis distance See? distance delta when you can yeah. kind of stretch it. But if you take the intense course, intensive course, then um, you just have to do that. Nothing else. So you one piece of advice is certainly just make sure you have the space and time to commit to that second module. Yeah, it has to be 100% commitment. Mm. And 
cancel else, everything. What, what else is there? Mm. I'd say it's a very how how to put it. You have to tick all the boxes. You know? Mm-hmm. It's very what's the word for it? Like structured or Yes, yes. It's um yeah, box ticking, I think, is yeah. a good metaphor. I mean, again, I haven't taken it, but, you know, I've, I've talked to plenty of people who have. And they're very, very strict and very rigid Do with you know all what? these um, box ticking yeah. things. Because as an English mm. teacher, I tend to be quite um, creative and I like to be spontaneous. And, and it's part mm-hmm. of my style, let's say, yeah. Because I like the dogma method, for example. Yes, I wanted to talk methodology yeah. as well today. But yes, yeah, dogma, so, very spontaneous. Exactly. And I like to create my own stuff. And I've done some of that uh, during, the, during my teaching practices. And uh-huh. I'm not sure it was as appreciated as I was hoping, <laughs> as I was hoping for. Okay. Like, All right. um, so I spent a lot of time on preparing my own lessons and I didn't really use course book much, yeah, the course book, which is something you can totally do during the Delta. And I think it's mm-hmm. now looking back at it, like with the benefit of the hindsight, I think I should have done that more. Maybe it I would have made things easier for myself, yeah? So are you saying that um, uh, like doing things a bit more by the book? would have been better rather than being creative. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. when you're creative, like I love it, but it, it naturally it is a little bit energy draining or I don't know, maybe that's the wrong word, but um, that's, that's the thing. Like I can get bored if I have to just um, be in that st- stereotype. And uh, if, if, some, if, if teaching becomes too much of a routine for me as a teacher, I get bored. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. I want to prevent yeah. the burnout. Uh, so uh, that's why this is something you have to do. You have to tick all the boxes, as we said. And um, it's not, it's not. Yeah. And yeah. I guess if you're doing something like dogma, which is a very spontaneous teaching approach, during something like the Delta, which is a very rigid, um, marked, you know, they're marking you, they're assessing you. It's a big assessment. It's very difficult from their point of view to assess something that doesn't have so much structure because they can't see how much of this you were planning before. They can't see whether you have any teaching principles in mind. It's very difficult to prove that because everything that happens, you only know about after it happens. So then you could yeah. retrospectively claim to be doing, oh yeah, I did this because of this method, yeah. which you may not have really been doing. Um, so I understand from Cambridge's point of view why um, things like dogma, I guess, because you said it wasn't, you felt it wasn't strongly appreciated when you, um, when you introduced it. I don't think I did too much dogma at the time. Mm. I'm, I'm speaking mm. about now, let's say that the thing is like they, there is one class which is called experimental practice Mm. and that's when you are supposed to try something new out and that's when most people actually try dogma out yeah so is dogma a popular choice for that module yes it is and they they even i think they even do one input session about it and they always Mm -hmm. talk about it there but i don't think they recommend it for the actual assessed teaching practices and especially the the last the last assessed teaching practice is is uh, externally assessed. So there's someone that comes, someone often it's um, some sort of um, big name of ELT as well. Oh, 
Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so you get to meet a celebrity while you're being assessed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. Is it Jonathan? Jonathan? Oh, my God. I forgot the name that I had, but it was somebody that even the tutors and they looked up to and you can feel it from there. Yeah, they come. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run to Facebook very quickly jo and check my Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, Cause um, I, yeah, I think I met somebody. It do yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Was he, was, did he work for Oxford? I know he was working for Cambridge uh, in this case, but I'm was he in Oxford? I'm sorry, I, can't, I really can't remember who it was, but Jonathan Mark? Hold, hold on, I'm going to check. Something like that. Um, Jonathan Marks could be. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah I, I can't I think, find my I think, I think I found him. <laughs> I think his name is Jonathan Marks. Okay. And he's a teacher, trainer, translator, and author. I think that's his name. Jonathan, Jonathan Marks, yeah. So he okay. was... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. So uh, that's uh, that's a person who has written books, you know, a teacher trainer. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, yes, so I guess in terms of advice, bringing this back to the advice for the Delta, like try not to be too experimental on the whole, right? Because it's safer to yeah. go by the book, even if it's something that you may not be desiring so much. Um, yeah, you can do you can mm -hmm. do that later, of course, in your during, exactly. during your teaching career. But uh, when you're free, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. Play it safe. It's not a bad advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you? What about one more, one more piece of advice? What would you give to people who are planning to do the Delta? Hmm. So we've got we've got two things already. We've got oh yeah, make I'll, sure you have enough space yeah. for module two. Yeah. We have don't experiment too much, play it safe because it's just easier. Okay, and I've got it. Be prepared to fail <laughs> because oh, I, I like to be honest, I ha I can't remember ever failing a single exam at university. I just don't know. I was a good student or I I studied hard. I don't know why, but it didn't happen to me. Mm -hmm. I did fail one of my teaching practices at the Delta course. And, oh, you have no idea. I guess it's an ego thing or something, but I couldn't take it. It was so hard for me to take wow, it. Wow, really? Yeah. I, wow. And I was not the only one as well. There was one mm. Irish guy with two university degrees. And mm -hmm. when, when the tutors failed, failed his uh, class, he was... He couldn't take it, yeah. And that, that wow. it happened to me too, you know. I, I don't know what it is. I guess it's, a per, it's your personality. You are a, under a lot of pressure there, yeah. You're a, mm -hmm. under a mm -hmm. lot of pressure there. And uh, you believe in your own abilities, especially if you are an experienced teacher like I was already. I had the qualifications. Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, something happened. So, for example, I um, chose... A topic that was not the best idea so i went for mm. something to do with politics it was like news tv news but there were some political mm -hmm. okay there were some political um pieces of news i think i took it what was it tv news radio news something like that and then i uh prepared a listening it was a listening lesson yeah? i prepared a listening from bbc or something like that but it didn't really 
the students weren't really into it that much, eh? which is... It's, yes, that's. I guess that's always yeah. a tricky thing, isn't it? Getting something yeah. that's going to engage students. Because I think student engagement is almost like the number one priority. Um, yeah. No, I can see what happened there. So this is what <laughs> happened and then it went from bad to worse, yeah. And, but yeah. That's, it, it wasn't the end of the world, right? In retrospect. No, no, you no. Know, you because failed you, and... you are allowed to fail, I think, up to two, up to two classes. As long mm. as they are, one of them is the sk a skills class, and then the other one uh, uh, functions class, something like mm -hmm. that. I'm not sure 100. So, okay, yeah, but yeah. Under but you no, could afford you could afford the loss. I here. could, yeah. But under no yeah. cir circumstances can you afford to fail the assessed, the externally assessed class, which is the last one. It's like the most important. No, oh my god! Can you can you reset <laughs> it if you fail? You can. Is yeah, it but it's it's so it? much hassle and. Can you imagine, yeah. like, you, you spend two months of your life only yeah. doing that, yeah? yeah. You go, you yeah. attend all the uh, uh, input sessions, you write a lot of uh, essay, essays, uh, make so many lesson plans, which you would mm. never, ever have to do again in that kind of mm. way in your uh, career. And then uh, you have 45 minutes to, to show what you've got, and then it doesn't go according to plan. And uh, this is why just... I didn't take the Delta. <laughs> because it's just it's like a nightmare. Yeah. So much stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but on the on the plus side, I do. It does look to me that the Delta um, more than the because I've got the uh, the MA TESOL, right? You know, this is the other big teachery thing yep. that people get. But it does seem to me that if it's if it's if you want to take something that improves your actual teaching, Delta is the one because it forces you to think about what you're doing all the time. Yeah. Um, to an almost like uh, sadistic level, I think, because it looks like complete hell. Um, uh, but, um, it's not all bad. Yeah, it's not all okay. bad. Like, you, you're <laughs> okay, asking good, me good. about uh, some pieces of advice. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. sort of taking that yeah, approach yeah. of. Telling oh, you, I'm not just, I'm telling not just you drawing to... this from you, from yeah. your stories, but you know, just my general experience of anyone yeah, yeah. else who's taken the Delta. There is a lot of pressure. It is a, yeah, hard but, work. But then mm -hmm. when you go through all this and um, mm -hmm. you you pull through and um, pass it, it's a it's an amazing feeling, yeah. of course, because and you're you're a better teacher. Yeah, you're afterwards. a better teacher, and and mm -hmm. it's it's a nice string to your bow as well. Yes, yeah? a nice mm -hmm. thing to have mm -hmm. on your Absolutely. CV, and and your your chances of getting hired. Uh, are bigger and uh, you might even yeah. apply for um, um, director of studies job or yeah you can get director of studies a, jobs a more, a more prestigious jobs in general so yeah. and I think if you do if you completed the Delta correct me if I'm wrong but um, in some uh, if you want to take a master's yeah um, you will have already ticked off a lot of the modules that you need to take for the master's ah. uh, by doing the Delta I know that they've been looking into that okay. I haven't checked if that's the case, but I think they were trying to bridge that um, a few yeah. years ago, and I don't know how that went. I don't but... know, Gabriel. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that okay, yeah, this is not... That was not my route, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. In that case, I, I'm not saying that because I don't know for sure, so... <laughs> yeah, not going to give like unreliable advice online, <laughs> but um, yeah, no Delta, very worth, worth having, yep. and it sounds like it might even be worth doing. Um, Definitely. I'm joking, of course. It is worth <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, cool. And I wanted also to talk about uh, methods uh, today because, you know, like 
yeah, you're 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 a teaching geek. I'm a teaching geek. <laughs> um, I got a feeling. I was going to ask you about you know your favorite methods, but I got a feeling they're going to be the same as mine. So let's try this out. Um, you know what? I'm going to write two things on a piece of paper right now. You don't have to do it. I, I'm just going to do it. Uh, just to. Um, right now, tell me what are your top two favorite teaching approaches or methods or whatever. Um. So. Well, like most people, I use the communicative method. I really like the the fact that mm. it's very interactive and you, you put students in pairs and groups and everybody gets involved. I think that's that's the right mm. approach. Uh, CLT, uh, would, you, would you define it simply as communicative language teaching or are you being more broad with your definition? I'm I'm not doing module module one anymore, Gabriel. I may <laughs> I, I may have <laughs> I may have forgotten all these all these abbreviations. Okay, so, okay, yeah. Uh, it's um, commun mm -hmm. uh, well, communicative methods, right? That's yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's no real like solid thing here. There's nothing to to get wrong or to get right. It's just a way of like perceiving it. Like yeah. when you say communicative methods, do you, are you thinking very very broadly? You're not looking at anything very prescriptive. You're just thinking like the general approach of, of yeah. using communication as a, as a way to help uh, well, learning. Well, it has got some, some rules, I suppose. I, it's about that mm -hmm. teacher, teacher talking time should be reduced. Uh, it should be mm -hmm. learner-centered. And uh, what else is there? It's not very far from the task-based approach as well, is it? Um, mm -hmm. You see, I have forgotten all, all the ins and outs. Yes, okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter um, because what you describe doing as, as effective learning can or may or may not fall into categories that exist. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, a good teacher is a good teacher. But, but, but okay, I'm also, yes. I'm also a big mm -hmm. fan of the Krashen's, Krashen's uh, theory of, okay. of the language acquisition. So, mm, and I'm talk I, us I, talk I, us through Krashen. Can you oh, can you um, the the basics the again? Basics. I, I don't know if I remember everything, but um, the I plus one, yeah. So um, so what's I plus one? Uh, I think uh, that means that um, um, when you talk to your students, um, you should um, your English should be at one level above your students' level. Uh, mm -hmm. So in some cases, when you're working with beginners or lower level students, you have to grade down your language yeah, a bit. Yeah. Um, whereas when you're working with um, higher level students, uh, you just use your best English in my case. Uh, do what I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's one of them. Then there is this. I think it's Krashen's theory. I think it's more. It's like several hypotheses, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's got some. Yeah. yeah I Five? And is it five? Something like that, yeah. And then the there's, one, comes to mind. there's one about um, having some sort of uh, appropriate environment for learning, like feeling feeling no pressure, or feel, not having any anxiety. I can't remember what it is. This is called the effective, the effective filter. filter. Right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is... this. I love this one a lot because it's, it makes so much sense. It's... I mean, it sounds all scientific and academic, the effective filter, but um, like essentially it's like make sure your students aren't stressed out. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, and I, that's, like, why, that's why I have used so many games. I think I always justified mm, it with that mm, because mm. it's brilliant. The students forget that they are learning. They are just so, so involved, so engaged, and uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I like, you, yeah, go on, go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also to do with the natural, it's like the natural approach, isn't it? So I don't like translation so much. I, in, in fact, mm-hmm. um, I, ironically, I think it's, it's, it's back, it's back. Yeah, it's coming back. It seems to be yeah. more, more prevalent than it was. Yeah. 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 They even told us at the Delta course that uh, it's, it's, it's not as frowned upon as it used to be. But I, it used I, to be I, a big no-no, yeah, but, when I was... But, but for me, it's still training. a no-no. I don't like it at all. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I'm, okay, um, this is interesting, because I yeah. think there's this... Um, just looking at... I read sort of the academic paper. Oh, no, I don't read all of them. I, I have a look, I have a quick look. And there seems to be a new term that seems to be coming out in the sort of academic world of language teaching, and that's uh, um, translanguaging. Huh? Um yeah, it's, it's a very like new academic term. And it's about um, the way that we, we can sort of switch and the way that we can use um, common second or third or fourth languages yeah. between each other to make the sort of communication more effective. I think that's it. So let's say, you know, you know a bit of Turkish and I know a bit of Czech and we also both know a bit of English. Well, in both of our cases, a lot of English. Um and let's say that there's one thing we're talking about and we you want to express something and it's just easier to say it in Turkish so you just say it in Turkish you just go for the Turkish word uh, because I know what it is and you know what it is or like you know we're talking about something I want to express something and there's a Czech phrase that really captures it or a Czech idiom or something and I'll just throw in the Czech idiom because it's it's making language more effective and I think um this sort of translanguaging is being examined a lot um in, in language teaching, because it, it it seems, I think, the idea is that this may, may be aiding learning mm. and helping helping learning the, the target language. I don't know the details. I've just, this is an impression I've been getting. Um, do, you, do you ever find that sort of thing happening that, that, that could be useful or? I would be a hypocrite if I said it, it never happened to me, <laughs> but I, do, I try to okay. avoid it as much as I can. Mm-hmm, and even if mm-hmm, I have a mm-hmm. Czech student, I don't, I don't tend to use Czech language, and yeah. uh, it's the kind of strategy I try to uh, teach my students to to adopt as well. And, and mm. it's also about my own preferences. Like, yeah, we all have we as teachers, we all have preferences who, who we like to teach, and I think this sort of thing would mostly work for beginners or or lower levels. Those students mm-hmm. that, that, that struggle to find the right words to express themselves. And, mm. and I don't normally work with such students. I, I, I tend yeah. to work with intermediate, upper intermediate, and especially advanced students. And I even mm. have some proficiency students. So um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like there's, yeah. there's, there's a, I draw, I draw from my own experience as well, you see, as a learner, mm. as a learner of English. Mm. And uh-huh. I think it, it has this... never done me any good. Like even even using the okay. let's say, um, what's the opposite of monolingual dictionary? The bi- bilingual dictionary. Uh, bilingual dictionary. Bi- yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It just never did me any good. Like if you use a monolingual dictionary, and a good mm-hmm. if you use a good one, let's say a Cambridge mm-hmm. the Cambridge dictionary or the Oxford dictionary or Longman or something like that, mm-hmm. they always use the most common words to define whatever whatever word you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so 
you can easily like once you once you get the hang of it, it's so power. It's such a powerful tool to use. Yeah. To, to work and it. you become more and more familiar with the most yeah. common words, which yeah. is always. And you have important. more exposure yeah. to the language. And the problem mm -hmm. is, like some teachers, yeah, who non-native teachers who teach English um, to their countrymen, they they fall into this trap. And, and it's not just the teachers, but then the students, they take advantage of it. They yeah. know they can, yeah. they can use was... that, that mother tongue. And it's, it's a trap. And it's a trap for teachers too, because then mm, you sort of become not lazy, but you sort of give in, give in to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's not the approach I would like to take. I like to challenge yeah, myself I've... as a teacher too, you know? And I, that's, that's, that's why I love this job, because yeah. I feel like I can improve myself like yeah ev every single day when i'm checking something i'm not sure about let's say it it feels like i'm learning too and by translating it it's just a it's just a short like it's... using the translation method it's just a mm -hmm. short shortcut and it's not it it oh, might yeah, help it, it's yeah. like it's like putting out fire yeah it's like putting out a fire you just <laughs> it's 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 a it's a temporary temporary fix and but in a long term, it's if if that's what you do all the time with your students, how they how are they going to benefit from that long term? I well, certainly, like yeah, from one from one point of view, yeah, and I I know exactly what you mean because I've had this uh, when it gets like when the whole thing gets like out of control, like yeah. you know, I've been I, when I was living in Turkey and you know, I spoke Turkish, I was using my Turkish a lot for a while to help like get things across to students but in the end yeah like we all just ended up spending the class speaking turkish and it ended up being a turkish lesson for me rather than an english lesson for them yeah so um yeah you're right it can slip out of control a lot yeah and i think you're right on the whole maybe it's best to go do things from like english to english if you teach if that's the language you're teaching i think on occasion there may be like it may be warranted you know like because yeah. Some things that, you know, it's just quicker and there are things to focus on. And if there's some someone who doesn't just understand something, you could just fill them in quickly. Because mm. I've seen I've seen very inefficient situations. and I've been in very inefficient situations where you're spending like five minutes trying to describe the nuance of like the word goblet or something <laughs> when really all you can do is just like just quickly translate it because you're that's not what the lesson's about the lesson's about something completely different and you just end up like spending a lot of time on something that's so unnecessary yeah like right? so sometimes it can just yeah. help things go along quicker i think it can be useful in that that sort of respect you see i don't have a problem with that i like all these situations because that's that's why mm. i like do the dogma method because right. it's it's just I, I feel like this is sometimes the natural way to use the language, yeah. Rather yeah, than just yeah, fo like, fo following the book and trying to fill in all the gaps. Okay. And, do, do you know what so I mean? So you're saying like, the yeah. the red herring, the red herring can be the value, the valuable thing itself. Yeah, because you're like trying. The distraction can become the focus. Yeah, because you, mm. like with, the, with the, you gave the example with the word goblet, so you 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 are you are, yeah. you are, you are defining it to your student. You are um, looking, so your student gets a lot of listening practice. They might start asking you questions. You, you are, there's the information gap, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you're trying to work it out together. And so I don't have, a, I don't have a problem you're when that happens. Negotiating, negotiating yeah. meaning with each other. Yeah, yeah exactly.
But I, I also right. understand where you're coming from. Like if, if there's a mm-hmm. curriculum you have to follow or something. Well, you're then, right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what is the aim? Is the aim to engage in language or is the aim to finish the book? I mean, obviously, it's to engage in language as much as possible. So this is a way of doing that. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I like I don't, it. I don't have a problem with it. And besides, if you are an experienced teacher, which, of course, you are, and there are a lot of other experienced teachers out there, then uh, uh, you should know how to do this. You should know how to elicit. Uh, you should be able to, you know, simplify your words to to reword, reword it, whatever you are saying, and uh, use visuals or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. come on, we are, we live in in the age of technology. So when it comes to on teaching online, that's so easy. You just send mm-hmm. send a picture, or Google something, or mm. it's so easy, isn't it? And that's, that's yeah, that's and, true. And that's fine. Like when you do that, that's fine. And that's for me, that's not an issue. Like, but when you translate it, I just, you know, I'm quite stubborn when it comes to this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People feel very strongly about this issue, which is good. It's a good thing to feel strongly about. Yeah, I think I'm still on the fence. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> Fair enough. Your, your points, your points are completely valid. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that away. But um, yeah, I still think there may be times for it. But um, yeah. going back a bit, uh, so we were talking about like your favorite methods, and mm-hmm. you, yeah, you mentioned uh, so commun- communicative language teaching and uh, Krashen's sort of approach. Yeah, you also mentioned dogmare, which yeah. is you know I I wrote down two things for my favorites and dogma was one of them for sure it is it's heavily influenced my my teaching mm-hmm. um since i discovered it and yeah it's still is still a very dominant part of my teaching approach um can you yeah for anyone who doesn't know what dogma is can you quickly uh describe what dogma it's not a method it's an approach okay apparently yeah. so sometimes it's, uh, sometimes i struggle with uh, with what the difference is between a method and Mm. And uh, uh, I think uh, a method is very method's yeah. more specific, isn't it? Mm. A method is like you must do this and you must do this. Here are the yeah. li- like it's rule based. An approach is more like the spirit of 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 something. Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. Yeah, I think that's how I understand. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, what's dogma? How, um, how, how do you understand it? So it's you don't have a lesson plan at all. So you mm-hmm. attend a class and there's no lesson plan. You just come with all your knowledge or your experiences. So does the student. And then uh, you sort of start teaching by asking, hi guys, how are you? What, what have you been up to? Uh, what did you do yesterday? Whatever or you see, you see someone is wearing an interesting t-shirt. You start talking about that. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Anything that's been going on lately in the world. And then, um, it's sort of a natural conversation. And then, um, you work with that. Mm. Uh, there is what's called, uh, what's important is uh, the emerging language. So, Emerging uh, language. I love yeah. this phrase. Yeah, Emer- tell, yeah go on. So uh, what, students, they have their own resources to use the language and, uh, and you sort of put it on board or you expand on that emerging language. And of course, if you're teaching a group, then the students can learn from each other. And uh, it, then you try to identify uh, some gaps in uh, your student's knowledge. And uh, that's, that can be challenging for inexperienced teachers, absolutely can. Uh, you, you, to be honest, 
I think you have to know. You have to know what you're doing. You have to mm -hmm. know the it's theory. It's not for and new everything. teachers, no, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not. I remember when I was doing doing my master stuff. Uh, I, I heard a re I read a really good quote. I wish I could remember who it was by. Um, talking about course book because obviously dogma is kind of opposite to the course book yeah. um, because you you are abandoning the course book essentially by by adopting a dogma approach and I what was it someone was describing the course book um, as either a life vest or a straight jacket uh, <laughs> depending on how experienced you are mm -hmm. you know if you're a new teacher if you just come off if you're fresh off the celta yeah I, you know, we were, you were like this. I was like this. I'm, I'm sure you were like this. Like, um, you, you just, you needed the course book because otherwise yeah. you had no idea what the hell you were doing. And it was, it was totally everything. You depended so heavily on the course book. Um, but you know, as time goes on and you, you become more experimental and you become more, uh, you have more creative in your, your own like teaching, it becomes more and more of a burden and more of a constriction and, um, become, becomes like a, a straitjacket. So I think dogma is is like to use a dramatic image is like bursting out of the straitjacket yeah. and and into this sort of like unstructured uh, sort of uh, environment. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. I think novice teachers shouldn't novice teachers shouldn't really do it. You know, I think there's a trap that certain teachers, uh, maybe one of those that like to travel a lot, they just teach in a conversational way. And they justify it by dogma, but uh, what, what, once once the once the students start asking them questions, or once they are um, in a position to explain something or to clarify something, then they have no idea what to say, yeah. and how, how to explain the rules and grammar and um, all that. You raise you know, a so. really good point. Yeah. So dogma, it may look like there's. It's a lazy way through something, but you can't do it unless you have the yeah. knowledge, um, which comes from years of teaching experience and, and understanding how to, not just how the language works and so on, but how, how you can explain it. Exactly. People. Because for instance, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, uh, so I teach, I teach my students. I use the dogma method, by the way, I sometimes uh, do, uh, live English lessons on my YouTube channel where I do, oh, yes. do it in this way. Uh, it's it's worth cool. checking, so, checking, checking yeah, out. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna see a live dogma lesson, go and uh, check out. Um, I'm not sure. I'm YouTube. not sure. I'm exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm exactly following the the you know the the hard line. Uh, what's what's the word mm. for it? The, the the dogma method as as it was uh, the, created the by tenets? the Scott Thornbury. You know, I might have adopted Luke it. Meddings. Yes. I might have adopted it to my own. Way of doing, but I think that's a good bit. thing about dogma that there's like dog, there's hard dogma, there's dogma light, and again, it's an approach, not a method. So I think you're allowed to play with it. And in fact, yeah. you know, if you're transitioning from this course book dominated approach to an, you want to be free of that straitjacket, you can go slowly. You can exactly. introduce elements of dogma into a structured lesson, exactly. and you know, yeah. It, it never it's not pure it's not pure it's not no, like a no. suggestopedia or something no. like that that has to be exactly oh. <laughs> right and otherwise it's not suggestopedia yeah. it's flexible yeah yeah so just so just to finish my point so you could yes. so what i do is that i notice that my student struggles with pronouncing certain sounds or or my students puts puts the stress on the wrong syllable 
and then mm -hmm. and then let's say it's the word communication yeah and my, my student says communication yeah so mm -hmm. then of course my my knowledge of phonology will really help me explain this and and to to show my students that there are actual rules you know and that that that, that will make a huge difference Where, whereas if i just tell my student hey this is wrong you should say it like this um you know, I don't think it... Ah, uh, so you, you're able to provide them with, like, uh, the patterns yeah. of phonology that help yeah. them not just get this word right in the future, but other words. Of course, too. because because there, there's 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 a, there's logic to it, yeah? Like, when mm -hmm. it comes to... Well, to, sometimes it is English. Uh, it is English, of course. <laughs> it's full of exceptions, yeah. Yes, um, yes. But, but even when you're explaining uh, chunks of language... You know, which yeah. is which is another thing I like a lot. Uh, the lexical that's approach. The second, <laughs> that's the second thing I wrote down on the paper. The, the, the lexical the, approach. There are still some rules to it. You know, there, there's still some things you can explain. You can explain what a collocation is or what an idiom is, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I like I like where you're going with this because at the moment it sounds like you're combining a dogmatic approach with a lexical um, teaching approach. So as a final thing, like a final main thing um, yeah. today, let's very quickly, could you, could you describe what, what is lexical learning? What is lexical teaching? Okay, so that um, that's, that's the, the, the main idea is that uh, people should learn the language in, in chunks rather than mm -hmm. uh, learning grammatical rules like what's present perfect or first mm. or second conditional or something like that. That sort of the, the lexical approach kind of ab abandons that. And yeah. uh, it's more about learning lexical chunks, as I said, like so pieces of yeah. language that go together. So collocations are big idioms, phrasal verbs. Uh, or just some my, useful useful language for yeah, like fun fun favorite, functional language, basically. Yeah. Functional language, yeah, yeah. Things to say when you're making suggestions, things to say. My favorite thing with um, lexical learning is pattern grammar. You oh. know, when you have something like, you know, uh, he wants me to open the window, he asked me to open the window, he uh, helped me to open the window. So when you see these sort of structures that don't really fall into a particular tense or anything yeah. like that, but they're used again and again and again with different verbs but the same structures this sort of thing can seriously unlock a lot of language to language yeah. learners once they see that's my fa very favorite thing about so, lexical learning like so, yeah mm -hmm. no so basically that that's a that's a brilliant example so in this case you wouldn't have to go into explaining the form uh having to say mm -hmm. that uh, um what's this he asked me to do something. It is so past that we simple have, with a verb yeah, infinitive. <laughs> infinitive with two and um, all that. And you don't have to, you don't have to go into that. Yeah. Mm. You, you just, you just show, show the pattern and then. I don't yeah. Know if when it, you know, yeah. when you know one sentence, you know, 50 sentences. Um, yeah. Another example, I always thought about doing this and I, I don't have enough low level learners to really implement this on a large scale, but I've tried it. You know, um, you know, when you've got like beginners and, and elementary students and um, the, a very common like uh, language acquisition problem is getting this whole like he is go or he goes or I... I was went and, you know, you know, the, yeah. the sort of the be and the and the the sentences with be and sentences with verbs like in the present um 
Yeah, and I, I always thought like this lexical, um, this pattern grammar system can be very useful. Like every student, even very low level students, they all know how to say, where are you from, mm-hmm. right? And they all know how to say, where do you live? Most yeah. of them. And also, right? do you speak English? Yeah, for example. Do you speak English? Even yeah. better. Okay, better example. But I want one with a question word for this particular example. Right. But yeah, that, yeah. So what? What? But basically, any of these sentences work. These are basically um, what I would like to call like templates, right? Yep. It's like they know this sentence. They already know like where are you from, right? So they can just simply make any question based on that template, and you yep. just tell them, look, there are two types. Of, there's where are you from questions, and there's where do you live questions, right? And then. You have to decide which one it is. Then you can make any question because where do you, where are you from? Can become like, um, uh, why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. when were you a teacher? Um, and yeah, you, you just tell them they can replace the type of words, but the structure remains exactly the same. Exactly. So this sort of templating, yeah. really useful for. Um, for learning and that's lexical that's lexical right that's a, that yeah, you would call that well, lexical learning sometimes it's it kind of blends blends for mm. me as well because uh, i don't think it's it's wrong to sometimes like explain what the 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 word order and uh, what's the subject but the thing is like i guess lexical approach is about trying to trying to avoid using uh, these terms right i suppose mm. you know trying to They're go into probably... too much too much uh, too, too much detail Yeah, and they're probably more, I mean, I always think that this sort of assimilation before analysis is always good. Like, get get the students to learn it and understand how to use it first without giving them any terminology, and then it's fun to, yeah. to p- pick it apart and yeah. then have a look at it. Yeah. Would, would, you, would you say that uh, learning from context, which is basically any any course book is designed in this way these days right yeah so would you yeah. say it's it's even bigger when it comes to the lexical approach that it's even it's even more important than absolutely yeah yeah, yeah context is absolutely everything um and even like text like the context of text you know like um what was said like five six seven sentences ago is still going to affect what language you use now for yeah. example um yeah yeah no i think context is is vital to teach language if you're if you're teaching students how to say things without any context if you're yeah. just teaching them the words and and the forms then that, that's not great yeah <laughs> I, i'm just wondering like specifically when it comes to this lexical approach if it's mm. like if it's even even more important than let's say if if, if you don't use the lexical approach if you just explain, well, explain if you grammar yeah. and all that like Well, if your aim is to demonstrate the form of the present continuous, you don't need any context at all. Well, But that's not really... T- technically, yeah. you should still first uh, clarify meaning, right? So, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just wondering like, if, it's, if it's sort of even more important. Because like, yes. th- they would yes, always th- tell would you, say, all the tutors yeah. and the teacher trainers, they would always tell you, you have to teach uh, the language, like vocabulary, grammar from context yeah so we always try to do it as teachers mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. is it even more important when you le- teach lexically because you I know because so, yeah. because the focus is not so much on the form but it's on the meaning yeah so yeah i think yeah. it is right yes yeah i think that's why i like lexical teaching so much because language is all about context it's not it's the form is incidental yep. to the context 
you know what I mean. Uh, it I just do, happens yeah. to be there, yeah. yeah. And people get very, very obsessed with grammar and tenses, and um, and I love grammar, I love tenses, but um, it, it it shouldn't be the first thing you're thinking no. about. Context and meaning, it should start there, and then it comes from from the grammar. That's um, my absolutely. Opinion. That's why there are so many successful learners that just learn from watching mm -hmm. movies or listening to podcasts that's how that's how they started yeah. yeah and they don't know yeah. anything about grammar and yeah. uh, the, then they never had they never had an english teacher yeah and then and then people people who have been learning english for so long have, have attended so many courses and have had so many teachers they are like they they feel almost uh uh, 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 treated unfairly or something, hard yeah. done by, uh, because yeah. when they look at those, so they feel jealous and they don't understand what uh, they have been doing wrong. I see yeah. it all the time. Like yeah, some me too. of the best English teachers are the ones who never took lessons. And you know what? We're making a case against our own existence as English teachers here. <laughs> yeah. So we should yeah, be I do that very all careful. the time. I do that all <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah. No, you think, you, you, you know what? Um, I think it is possible to learn English on your own, but I think there comes a time where you can't replace a teacher and that's when you give feedback. Like for me, this is the mm, number mm, one thing. Mm. Okay, mm. another thing could be structure. You give your students structure, uh, accountability. That's that's a lot of people need that. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, because yeah. everyone like tends basically. Yeah, yeah, everyone tends to be lazy, and you just need someone who will. We all are. Who will sort yeah. of be be there, and you know you have to perform or you have to do your best. And if it's yeah. the teacher, then you know it's that that kind of authority. Even though it might not sound like the word that people use these days, because it's about learner autonomy. But I still think it's it has its place. Um, mm -hmm. And then for me, it's the feedback because you need the feedback. Like if, yeah. you, if you talk to people... Speaking alone isn't enough. That's why this backpacker student example that we came up yeah. with, that, that guy is not doing his... We're creating a straw man here, obviously. But like <laughs> that guy's not doing his job because, um, yeah, the, you need feedback. Speaking alone isn't enough. You need to recognize no. your mistakes. No. You need to move forward no. from your mistakes. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And you notice, as an experienced teacher, you notice the fossilized errors. You also, mm -hmm. because I have worked with students of different nationalities, I, I tend to notice certain patterns, like Spanish speakers have problems with, with uh, this, and then Italian speakers with that, and then, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, um, Polish, Polish learners struggle mm -hmm. with this. And then mm -hmm. it, it all starts making sense, and you can really fix those students' problems, because you can, you can address it, you can ex explain it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's um, yeah, priceless. and it's nothing nothing wrong with getting a bit meta uh, on the students. No. Uh, I like to do that, and you know, I've had a lot of experience in the last few years with um, uh, Japanese and Italian students. I, yeah. uh, for some reason, I, I've had a lot of uh, Japanese students from Japan and students from Italy, um, and they both actually, you know, languages are completely unrelated, and the cultures are quite different from each other, but. Um, they they both have a, a similar thing going on where they they over nominalize sentences would be like you know um i i have he has the most knowledge of this subject in mm. the, in the office mm. rather than he knows more about yeah. this you know um opting for nouns over verbs yeah. a lot of the time so yeah being aware of things like that and letting your students know that hey 
you're from Japan, you're probably going to try and nominalize things a lot. Try it differently. Try to put things into actions and adjectives, um, put more, make it more subjective. And, and having these sorts of insights about the differences between the languages, that can be really useful. It, uh, that's what you're getting at, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. of course, it helps if you know that language as well. So that's why... Uh, I think every single English teacher should learn at least one other foreign language. Yes, I remember yeah. you saying, oh, no, this wasn't you. This was um procrastination podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she feels strongly about that. I agree with her on that one. That, that's yeah. why I, I like, uh, I think her name is Emma. <laughs> Emma, yeah. sorry. Emma, Emma. yeah. Not and um, I'm a massive fan of Emma's because because of all her views on language, uh, English language teaching, and mm -hmm. I I really um, I really have similar similar you know yes and views yes yeah. and yeah yeah I think all three of us agree that yeah it's you even if you're bad at learning a language you have to try you have to understand the struggle because then then you your empathy with the students increase so much. And yeah, I totally agree. Exactly. Um, before we finish, I want you to uh, do you can you recommend do you do you recommend any books for teachers out there who want to like read something uh, that will like inform their teaching? One or two books that have, have really I mean, you're just you've just done the Delta. So you're probably yeah. sick of books now. Oh, but... <laughs> exactly. oh, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing Delta yeah. module three. Um, hmm. <laughs> Anything that's, that, that you've read any time um, in your career and gone, oh my God, this is great. Like, you see, I'm not so big on I'm reading putting you myself. On the spot, I, I've, no, it's yeah. okay. Like, I've read some books. So, Harmer, Scrivener, like, I, I can name right. a few. I can right. name a few people. Scott Thornbury, of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I suppose I have to say Scott Thornbury, yeah. So, Which, because, because, would you go for uh, Teaching Unplugged? Teaching Unplugged, it's, a, it's about the dogma method, but... Um, yes, anything, but that's him and Luke Meddings, there's two, two people, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I so just wanted to make sure that he gets his yeah. credit there, because... Yeah, yeah. But anything, yeah. anything written by him is good, mm -hmm. because it's written... Fantastic in, writer. In a, in a simple way, you know, in a way that yep. you, you will understand it, if you're mm -hmm. a novice teacher, and... Uh, but to be honest... I don't know. He always has an interesting angle. It's it's a very different angle than than you usually read about. When he whether he's talking about teaching or language, it's like a a way of looking at it that you never thought about it before. That's what I like love about reading uh, Scott Thornbury's mm -hmm. work. Yeah. And if you are not into reading so much like like me, then there are podcasts out there for English teachers as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay, let's recommend one of them instead. Uh, for example, Gavin M. Gavin M. How do you spell that? I Gav. I don't know this one. Gavin M. Gavin M. Are the the hosts? Sorry, it's called uh, How to English. How to English. Yeah. How to English. Yes, I have. How, how, how to English. Then there mm -hmm. is one podcast called Everything EFL. That's Erin. Uh, I think her name is Erin. Everything EFL. I'm just checking it mm -hmm. here, uh, just to be yeah. sure, sure I'm saying the right thing. Everything EFL podcast, I think it is. Uh, and there are others as well. Like you mentioned uh, pr the Procrastination podcast. Like it's more, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of more freestyle, but I, I, you still can get a lot of, lot of interesting um, knowledge from Emma, of course. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. 
Yeah, these are these are great. Um, I there are two that I'm particularly fond of. I'm going to throw my hat in for these as well. Uh, the Tefalology podcast, yeah. uh, which is a good one, um, especially for those who are more, uh, interested in a more sort of academic angle on things. Yeah, and the uh, Tefal Train is it Tefal Training Institute pro. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong now. I've got to check this. I've got to get this right. Uh, TEFL Training Institute, I think, uh, is the name of the podcast. And am I right? I am correct. Yes, the TEFL Training Institute podcast. Yeah. Um, they're really good. They're very short. Those ones. And then there's the TEFL Commute as well. I like this one a lot as well. Oh, the te- the TEFL Commute. One. The TEFL Commute. I'm writing That's, that down. Uh, I like yeah. the... The, the the light-hearted approach as well okay when it, oh, when it gets well, when it gets a bit too academic it's it's not my cup of tea for example i think that i i've listened to some episodes of the Tef- teflology podcast but i think that that one is a bit too geeky for my liking oh yeah uh, yeah. yeah but but, but i that, like it but i i like getting yeah it. but that's the like, thing like you can yeah. choose your podcast the one that suits you yeah. the best and it could be any of yeah. these we've just mentioned so you know, yeah, the- these are great recommends, and I'm looking forward to checking the ones I haven't seen or listened to, rather. Yeah, um, great. Okay, and on that note, uh, is there any uh, comment or joke or thoughts or um, complaints or abuse or uh, <laughs> announcements or anything you'd like to uh, say before <laughs> before we call it a day? Don't ask me to tell you a joke at the end. <laughs> You don't know any jokes, you know. Uh, I do, but this is the worst. Like, if you ask me, Zdenek, tell us a joke. <laughs> I All prefer your jokes disappear. I, yeah, I prefer the situational humor. Like, I prefer to mm-hmm. just throw in humor as we go along. Uh, yeah, without, without yeah. having to, having to be um, put put on the spot, I guess. Classic, but, classic dogma teacher. Yeah, as <laughs> a spontaneous humor rather than Absol- a structured joke. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I could ju- just go for the, the usual cliche, but uh, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's um, we, we can't stress it enough. Whether you are a learner or a teacher, well, this, this is for teachers mostly, right? Well, mm-hmm. you have to enjoy yourself. If you don't enjoy yourself, yeah. you, you are heading for a burnout. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, find ways to make things more enjoyable for yourself. Like I do. Like now I teach English through football. So I watch football matches. I... I make notes about the language research. I hear. Yeah, I do a little bit of research. I make notes about the language I hear. Then I, my marketing is that I uh, uh, go to Canva and then um, make posts about those those phrases that I've heard in the football mm-hmm. matches. So I'm having fun because I watch the matches and yeah, just find a way that works for you. But don't yeah, don't always do everything by the book. Just you know, find ways to enjoy yourself. That's yeah i like i like that your advice is a cliche because i think cliches tend to have they're there for a reason and they're there because uh they tend to be true and they tend to be true a lot of the times in a lot of different situations and that's in that what's more valuable than that um yeah so yeah no i appreciate i appreciate that uh that um something that's that's often said and is 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 a go-to piece of advice that's good advice yeah you see us english teachers we tend to be very creative but some of us kind of suppress that creativity because we Mm -hmm. we have a nine to five job and then Mm -hmm. uh it's we end up in a sort of it's like a trap right isn't it because then yeah 
you you might burn out and then you yeah. s- stop stop teaching and and it's it's a shame because I, I i bet you have you have excellent qualities as a teacher and it's a shame that you leave yeah. leave, the, leave the profession just because just because you don't know there are things like you can have your own podcast like me and gabriel yes. yeah and <laughs> Yeah, and you could just do do weird and experimental, yeah. fun things on YouTube. Exactly, uh, that's what exactly. I use YouTube for. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, a, a, an extension of that advice, I'd also just say like, just don't take it too seriously. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing should be taken all that seriously. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> There's bigger things to worry about. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, on that note, that's a really wonderful place to finish. Um, is, is there anything else you want to add? can't think of anything off the top of my head so i'll say i'll say yep. it one more time zdenek english podcast Yay. and teachers zdenek on instagram youtube check it out especially if you like football but even if you don't i like yep. it i don't like football i still i still check it out oh thanks so no, no it's great stuff great stuff in that case we'll leave it there thanks so much zdenek it was really uh it was a great pleasure to have you on thanks thanks for having me gabriel it was an absolute delight yeah it was for me too in that case have a fantastic rest of sunday uh it's finally stopped snowing here it was snowing throughout the whole podcast episode i don't know about where you are looks it looks sunny yeah it's not snowing here unfortunately okay this winter is rather warm yeah 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 we've had a colder one this year so we've taken all your cold weather but um, whatever the weather i hope you have a good rest of the weekend and yeah talk soon yeah you too take care gabriel take care bye bye -bye. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>